Hi there, and welcome to the Sanctuary Podcast. Our vision is to find sanctuary in Christ, and then to be sanctuary to each other, and express sanctuary to this city. And so, for us, success is loving well, one person at a time. And if we can help you in any way, please do feel free to reach out, jump onto our website, sanctuarysf.com, and we would love to connect. Anyway, back to the podcast. Hi, everyone. So nice to see you all. Um, I've just noticed a spelling mistake on the first line of my notes. I was like, brilliant. That's a good start. Um, I also feel like I should have a wind machine and backup singers with this on, but it's just just very... Um, so, yeah, you will not see me dance today. No one needs to see that. Um, so it's a privilege to be speaking to you guys this morning. Um, as Tim said, this is my first sermon. So um, it's been a really, um, just a great experience for me to be able to prep this and just listen to what God has put on my heart for you guys and also for me as well. Um, So we're continuing with the On This Rock series um, where we've been looking at the foundational values um, of church and the values that we as a church, as Sanctuary, want to be built on. Um, As it's been mentioned before, Billy last week spoke amazingly on generosity and how Jesus um, is so generous to us um, and gives um, himself to us. Um, And Billy set the bar incredibly high, so I'm going to thank him and also be a bit annoyed at him for that. Um, And today I will be speaking on discipleship. So um, I'll go into a little bit about what that means later on. Um, It'll be really good to read through our scripture today before I do that. Um, So Joseph, you're happy to come up and read. We are looking at Ephesians 4, verse um, 11 to 16. Um, If you've got your Bibles or your phone, if you want to open there or just read it from the screen. And Josie's going to read for us. Okay. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of God. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Thanks very much. Um, So... Just before we go into some groups like we normally do to have a bit of a discussion about this scripture, you might look at this and go, oh, how does that, how is that going to link in with discipleship? What I think is really important is when you're having these discussions, just talk about whatever comes to your mind and whatever comes to your heart in this. Um, I'm actually really interested to see what God 
kind of speaks to you guys about through this. So um, if we could break up into, let's say, groups of like four or five or just kind of in the section, sections that you're in, um, and we'll go through two questions. So what does this say about God um, and what does this say about the church? So the church being us, basically. Um, so maybe if you guys go together and then we'll have like two groups here, maybe um, I'll let you split up as you wish, and then we'll come back together and see what people thought. Okay, if you could wrap up your discussions, that would be great. I'm very excited to hear what you guys had to, had to say. <laughs> Always feel like a teacher when I'm trying to get people to <laughs> listen. I'm like, <laughs> no. Um, all right, so um, Ephesians 4, verse 11 to 16. What did we think? Maybe if we start with, can we start with you guys? Sorry, Tim, just as you get up. Um, so what did you kind of have to think about this passage and what do you think it says about God and what does it say about the church? So I feel like I should get you to come up, Brendan, and just do the sermon uh, <laughs> because that's effectively most of what I'm speaking on today. Um, that's so great. Um, and actually everything that you guys have said um, is just really encouraging and, yeah, um, is really cool that you've pulled pulled that out of this this scripture. Um, so I actually didn't give you much context before you spoke to each other about the passage and before you read it. But um, this this letter, so Ephesians, is written by Paul, so the one that's talking in it, um, and he was someone who. Um, was quite clearly very, very passionate about discipleship and about relationships within the church because he speaks a lot about the importance of one another. Um, and in this, um, what we see is we see um, him talking a lot about, as we've, as we've seen today well, in your discussions, um, the unity between one another, um, but actually our need for one another as um, kind of each part of the body needs each other. Um, so... Within this, um, what we see is that Christ is is the head. So everything that we do um, and everything that um, all of our resources comes from Jesus. Um, but actually, it's it's um, almost our kind of responsibility to be working alongside each other um, to to build the body of Christ. Um, so fulfill the law of Christ and that is exactly what my friend Kate did for me in that discipleship relationship she was able to just listen very graciously and very patiently to what I'd been going through and she was able to share that burden that I had been carrying and then coming to San Francisco this was still something this difficulty was still something I was working through and journeying through um, and then God used she's not actually here today which is quite frustrating um, and just very sad because I can't honor her but I'll honor her um, in where she is in her house um, but Sarah um, who is one of our sanctuary family um, was um, someone who became for me uh, a bit of a discipler, um, maybe unintentionally, she probably wouldn't call herself that, um, but we um, have just spent a lot of time since being in San Francisco meeting up and just um, checking in with each other and how we're doing in our faith and um, I was able to open up to Sarah about this particular difficulty um, and we prayed together and God has brought so much healing in this area of my life. Um, I obviously won't go into too much detail about what this is, but 
feel free to ask me after or another time um, because the story of how God has transformed this pain and this area of affliction is just a, a real revelation of his glory to me. Um, but this is how through discipleship, through a trusted relationship, I went from being stuck in my affliction to being set free. Um, and we see this practice throughout the Gospels um, where Jesus is bringing freedom um, by his discipleship of people, where Jesus is bringing people into a place of vulnerability and is saying, I see your mess and I see the pain that you're going through, but I want to bring hope here and I want to bring healing. So in John 4, uh, Jesus meets a Samaritan woman. Um, you might be familiar with the story or you might not be, um, but this um, particular occasion is where he meets a woman at a well who is completely ostracized by her community um, because of her past relationships, um, because of the relationships she's had with different men. And he comes to her at this well and um, she is getting water from it in the heat of the day because she doesn't want to see anyone. And he reveals his complete knowledge of her situation, of her affliction, of her pain, of her sin, and yet displays complete grace and offers her a way out of her mess. Um, Jesus brought this woman into a place of vulnerability with gentleness and humility, and that ultimately led to her salvation and to her healing. And actually, this is what we can do with each other. Um, I'm so aware that um, when it comes to these things, we, we can hear this and we can go, oh, I don't, I don't want that responsibility over someone's life, or oh, I don't want to put my responsibility in someone else, or my life in someone else's hands. Um, but actually, this is where we depend on God in those situations for his grace and for his, his gentleness um, and his humility. So where we don't have relationships, where we can be vulnerable with other believers, um, pain in our life can fester and that can prevent us from growing in a healthy way in Christ. So this is, this is where um, discipleship can be helpful to get us out of this. So if I ignore a significant pain or injury in my body, the likelihood is it's going to get worse and it's going to cause me more damage than it initially would have. So the longer we leave it, the more hold it has over our lives and the more space there is for the enemy to convince us that that brokenness and that affliction is there to stay. Another way that we can become stuck where we don't have discipleship relationships is stuck in our sin. When we don't have regular challenge from other believers, we can become blind to the things in our lives that actually aren't reflecting Christ and can fall into unintentional hypocrisy. Um, this feels like a bit of a scary term, and when I was writing it, I was like, oh, I'm not sure that I want to say that. Um, but I just felt God say, actually, there's a real seriousness to this. Um, and for those who don't know Jesus, we can appear as Christians to talk the talk but not walk the walk if we're stuck in sin um, because we're kind of preaching the things that we should be doing but if we're not actually doing them then what does that say to people who don't know Jesus and we can become a stumbling block for people looking into Christianity if we are stuck in an area of sin but claiming to be following Jesus and his teachings. Um, now there is definitely grace for us in this and we are not called to perform um, something that I believe Robbie might be speaking on next week. Um, sorry if you're not. Um, <laughs> um, but we are called to live lives that point people to Jesus and so this is where becoming stuck in our sin can be a real problem. 
um, a real kind of evidence of this in my life. Um, I'm just going to pick, pick, keep picking people out that in this congregation, but um, Becca um, did this so well with me. Um, the other week, she very gently challenged me in an area of my behaviour that um, I hadn't realised was wrong. Um, I had effectively been acting in a way that could quite possibly cause another Christian um, to have a lack of faith. And this initially took me, took me back, back a little bit. And um, I think we were on the bus on the way to, where were we? Where did you? Yeah, we were going to the Young. So it wasn't even, we weren't even in like a serious conversation. We were just on the bus. And if you've ever been on a bus here, you know that lots of things can happen. So you've kind of got to be on high alert most of the time. And so I was kind of like um, a little bit thrown kind of buy it in my head um, but actually Becca's challenge to me in a very loving and gentle and kind way and from a place of having a relationship with me and having a, a solid friendship with me was massively massively helpful and has helped me reflect on actually where I was going wrong um, I'd like to point out that actually I am really bad at receiving challenge and giving challenge as well because I do not have a confrontational bone in my body um, unless someone takes my food and then, <laughs> then we've got problems. Um, <laughs> but um, this, this was a really good lesson for me to learn and it's something I still am learning and will be learning for the rest of my life is to how to be in a position where I can be challenged but also to be challenging other people. Um, in this, confession is also really important uh, from, prevent for, from preventing us from being stuck in sin. Um, confession sometimes has quite a bad kind of connotation to it. Uh, it can bring up a lot of negative feelings, but in a safe and loving and trustworthy relationship with another follower of Christ, it is so, so key to our growth as Christians. Um, we in confession um, can bring to someone else and then bring to God what we are struggling with and actually the sin that we have been living in. Um, James 5 verse 16 says, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Um, I won't talk too much on this as again, I think Robbie might be touching on this in his sermon next week, um, but it's so, so important that we have people that we can come to that we can talk to about the things that aren't, aren't meeting um, or aren't kind of where we aren't living for God um, and actually confess them and repent. So um, an example of this in my own life um, has been um, where previously in a discipleship relationship um, that I had in the UK before my friend Kate, um, I was able to talk to her about something quite significant that had been going on in my life. Um, for a few years, I was living in a sin that was causing me a lot of guilt and a lot of shame. Um, and again, I didn't know how to talk about it. And uh, a lot of this was probably out of pride and fear of what um, people might think if I talk to them about this, this sin. Um, and actually, this became a barrier for me to know the depth of God's grace um, and actually became a barrier for me um, in accepting his love for me and my heart became quite hardened um, to, to him. Um, 
And at the time when I was being discipled by my friend Jackie, I, it took me so long to build up the courage to, um, to actually speak to her. But through a nudge of the Holy Spirit, I was able to confess this sin that I'd been living in um, and repent. Um, I'd love to say it went super smoothly and I didn't feel uncomfortable at all. I felt so uncomfortable. But the grace I felt after from her and from God was incredible. Um, and actually... Um, we often talk about the difference between knowing something in our heads and knowing it in our hearts. I knew in my head that Jesus died on the cross to save me from my sin and to save me from my mess. And I knew that there was grace for me and I knew that God loved me in my head. But this experience of confession and repentance helped me know it in my heart. It helped me experiencing it experience it, it helped me feel it. And this is what discipleship can do. God uses us as different parts of the body of Christ to show the enormity, enormity sorry, of his love and his grace for us. And I got to experience that beautiful journey of being made aware of the separation that, from God that my sin was causing to the knowledge that he still loved me in my mess and that he has provided a way out of that. And that was through the relationship with another disciple of Jesus um, and I just think that's so cool um, so that is kind of where discipleship can allow us from go from being stuck in sin to being set free the second problem that I want to talk about today is self-reliance so being self-reliant I'm just gonna have a drink so so self-reliance is an interesting <laughs> interesting topic especially in a culture um, that we're living in today. Um, self-sufficiency and self-reliance are actually seen as only a good thing in this culture, and that can be really tough. Um, our individualistic society unhealthily promotes the self-searching journeys to find ourselves. It unhealthily promotes that all we need is within. Now, don't get me wrong, solitude by ourselves and time with Jesus by ourselves and being self-reliant isn't all bad. Um, as a child grows, they'll become more independent. Um, they'll become more confident in their abilities to do things. You'll see them uh, hopefully dressing themselves and making their own lunches. Um, but actually, they're always going to need the guidance and the support and the love and the, and the encouragement of their parent to continue their growth. So when we don't have other followers of Jesus regularly encouraging us and speaking into our lives, we can prevent ourselves from discovering and growing in the gifts and strengths that God has given us. So this is where being self-reliant can prevent us from growing. A real um, evidence of this in my life has been um, just through different um, gifts of the Spirit. Um, over the last kind of few few years are and even in the last six months God has been using um, other people to highlight um, things in my life that I hadn't even really realized so as someone who naturally I feel like I am quite self-deprecating so I often struggle to see my strengths um, or if I do see them I kind of brush past them and focus on the things that I'm really not good at um, and so God has used people in my life, people who disciple me, not just in the intentional one-to-one -one relationships, but just in the day-to-day, -day, um, to actually show me the gifts that he's given me and the gifts that he's given me to use to build others up. Um, 
One thing, that, and he's not here today, but one thing that Tom um, has done for me in terms of this um, is see and invest in the leadership the skill or the leadership gift that God has given me. Um, it's not something that I feel naturally comfortable with, but when I'm depending on God and when I'm depending on his strength and his grace, it's something that he can use for his glory. Um, another thing that I've um, kind of seen in myself through other people is um, God's kindness. And I know that might sound a bit strange to be like, oh, you're calling yourself a kind person. No. I'm saying that God's kindness has been revealed to me through my relationship with him and he will outwork that in, in my relationships. Um, and there are two people who have, have particularly shown this to me and that's Ryan Howe, who again isn't here, but Ryan, if you ever listen to this, thanks. Um, and Billy as well. Um, Billy was able to... Um, kind of really pray into this and pray into um, the fact that he saw God's kindness in me. So so through these people and through the discipleship in, in day-to-day life, um, I was able to see um, kind of the gifts that God had given me. This is where having loads of bits of paper is not a good thing. <laughs> Completely lost where I am. Okay. All right. Here we go. So... Growth in our relationship with God can be massively helped by discipleship. Um, and discipleship can almost um, build your like gift muscles. So as you would go to the gym and work out, um, I'm saying you, not me. Um, I don't do this. <laughs> but as you do that, you, you, break, you break the kind of fat down and build the muscles up. Um, I'm surprised by how much science I'm using in this talk. Um, But in that, um, you see the kind of growth of your muscles. And so through discipleship, through encouragement, through people going, I see this in you and I want to encourage you in this and I want to encourage you to step into this, even though it's scary, that can build those gifts and how you use them in your life. And actually, that's how we build the body of Christ, how each ligament works together um, is where we're actually encouraging each other and going, step out in that because that is going to help you grow closer to Jesus and actually as a body of Christ that's going to help us grow closer to Jesus the head Um, another way that um, discipleship for me um, has helped me go from being self-reliant to actually being kind of um, aware of the people that I have around me is through um, feelings of loneliness and isolation now I know that every single person here at some point in their lives would have experienced loneliness. Um, It's not something that is a choice. Um, It's something that we can feel, even if we're in crowds and groups of people. Um, And for me, I have had periods of my life where loneliness has been a massive characteristic of my day-to-day, one of which being, um, actually, if I'm honest, when I first came out here, um, I came out here very blessed to know a few people already and know the Davises, but I still felt incredibly lonely um, because I didn't really have people here that knew me really, really, really well and knew what I had been through and knew my tendencies. Um, And actually, in this, I then kind of lent into a place of self-reliance and this just led me to feel more isolated but actually through the care of so many people in this room and so many people not in this room um, 
God really pulled me out of that. And I just want to list a few ways that he has done this, just through the day-to-day life of living with other people, not actually in their house, but just doing day-to-day activities, Um, just to clarify. Um, So um, some of you might know Joni, who goes to this church, um, and her daughter Iris, who's three years old. I have spent a lot of time with Joni and Iris at so many different playgrounds across San Francisco, which although I am a big kid in confession, probably wouldn't be my first choice of activity um, on a daily day, a daily day-to-day basis. Daily day-to-day basis, we'll go with it. Um, but actually in that time, I've been able to just see how Joni models following Christ in the mundane and in the day-to-day life. Um, And actually in that, we've been able to have some great conversations about our relationships with God and how we're growing and what we want to grow in. Um, Another way that I've been shown this um, is by Kelsey. Um, Actually, we went to um, get ice cream in Hate at at the Ben and Jerry's place there. Um, And she had just messaged being like, hey, do you guys want to go? So Kelsey took myself, Jordan and Becca, um, three interns here who love anything free. Um, (laughs) So this was another way that I got to see how actually discipleship through the day to day pulled me out of self-reliance and pulled me out of that loneliness. Um, Another way I've seen this is through the shores. Um, There's been a few times where we've like come home from doing something for context I live in the cabin in their backyard Um, and we've just they've just been like hey come in and watch um, the bake-off which is what's it called in this country the baking show great British baking show do do we know what I'm talking about kind of yeah Um, so through that I was able to just enter into family life and just be with them and see them um, you know as they're winding down in the evening some of them in their pajamas and When I say this has been a huge blessing to me, um, it has just been such a great way that God has shown his grace over my life and shown his love for me. It's just being able to see people in the in the kind of um, in the mundane, in their goings, coming and goings in in day to day life. So actually, this is also where discipleship can look quite informal. um, And that is also a really good thing. I just want to acknowledge, um, and I felt like God put this on my heart yesterday. Um, This is where probably I'm a little bit all over the place because there's a few things that I've only just written that actually self-reliance might not have been a choice for some people. And actually, um, sometimes self-reliance isn't something that we we choose to do but almost we feel like we're kind of forced into and that might be because we've had really bad experiences with um, close relationships with other people that might be where we felt abandoned by other people particularly within the church Um, that might be where actually someone's response to something that we've said that has been really vulnerable has not been helpful and I really want to acknowledge that and say Jesus sees that, Jesus sees the pain that you've gone through and sees, um, actually sees what hurt that has caused, but he can bring complete healing in that area and he can bring, bring full redemption. And I really believe that through relationships with other people and trusting relationships with other people, he can, he can bring restoration. So my point in all of this is that we are not made for isolation. We are made for community, um, and this is kind of how I will end. Um, in John 15, 
Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Not branch, singular, just on its own, branches all together. And on the topic of trees, um, I, if you've spoken to me within the last week, um, you would have been met with a very rambly Emily talking about lots of different tree facts. <laughs> Apologies if you have. However, I just couldn't leave this out because I find it so cool. Um, so um, redwoods, which are what a lot of the trees are in California, um, are insane. They grow so, so tall, often to about 300 feet um, and can live to around kind of 2,000 years. They're majestic, they're strong, but they appear to stand alone. When you look at a redwood, it's, you know, there, like this. This is my impersonation of a tree. Um, <laughs> they appear very stable and strong. However, their stability and their growth is because they are intertwined with the roots of other trees. So they can be stable and share resources because of each other. And actually, um, something that I found really cool was that the bigger trees, the ones that are maybe more mature and have been stood there for a bit longer, um, often send more nutrients to the, the young ones or the ones that are poorly, sorry, not poorly, sick, ill. <laughs> that is what we say in this country. Um, but they send these resources to them to make sure that they're growing and to make sure that they're healthy. And this is what we should do with each other. I've literally written in bold, trees disciple one another, which I feel like is a bit far-fetched. But um, the point is we need each other to grow and we need each other um, to, to stand firm in our faith. So I hear, well, I maybe hear you ask, in your head, how, how do we do this? How do we actually do this in day-to-day -day life where things are busy, where you might have kids, where you have really busy jobs, where you're really tired? How do we disciple? So there are two ways to do this, or two ways that I have found really helpful in my life. So one of which is um, through the organized, and then the second is through the organic. So the organized is kind of where I've been speaking about those one-to-one -one relationships where I've met up with another Christian, often more mature in their faith than mine, um, and where they've intentionally poured into me and asked me questions about how I'm doing and um, what, my, what my journey with God is like at the moment. Um, I'd like to acknowledge that this can be really difficult. Um, and actually, um, although I say that, um, you know, regular meeting is really good. I think finding this where you can is just really helpful. And you don't have to be a trained therapist to meet up with someone and to disciple someone. Um, there are kind of two questions that are all you need. The first one is, what is God doing in your life right now? And the second one is, what are you doing about it? And these two questions can open up such a space for growth and for realization of actually the gifts that we have, but also the areas that we need to grow in. Um, another thing that is really important that actually Becca's dad has said, well, through Becca to me, um, is that encouragement is really key. So make sure you have deposited into the bank in your relationship before taking out. So make sure you are encouraging that person and building them up. And then when you have to challenge or when you have to actually point something out that might be really difficult, you have that foundation there. You have almost something to take out. Um, 
The other way that we can disciple is through the organic. So doing life together, like I've said, getting ice cream, spending time watching TV together, doing the grocery run, cooking dinner, playing on the swings at the park with your two-year-old, running errands. These are all ways that we can disciple one another um, and all ways that Jesus really wants to build our relationships to be really strong. And lastly, um, a lot of what I've spoken about is like the joy of being discipled, but there is so much joy in discipling others. And actually I've only experienced a small part of this because I've only really discipled a couple of people. Um, But Paul demonstrates this throughout his letters in the New Testament in the joy of of participating in what Jesus is doing in someone else's life. Um, If you want to look this up kind of after, he he says this in 1 Thessalonians 2, where he's describing the people of Thessalonica as his hope and his joy. Paul, as I said, was participating in the joy that Jesus experiences when we become more like him, and we get to do that with each other. As Billy said last week, when we give the little that we have, God gives so much more. And so the time that you give to someone, the time that you give to another believer will be enormous in what God is doing in their lives. We get the joy of being vessels that carry and pour out Jesus's love and wisdom on one another. So actually that the body of Christ is built up to glorify him who is the head. Um, And this is why I think discipleship is so, so important. I will land it there, Um, but what I feel like might be helpful for us to do um, is, Jordan and Becca, are you happy to come up and just play a little bit? I think what might um, be helpful to do, and actually what I feel like maybe God (coughs) wants to provide the space for, is for us just to have a time of reflection where we can think about actually what in our lives are, what, what barriers in our lives are stopping us from being discipled? What things are there that are stopping us from having these relationships with each other? Um, and actually, I also feel like God is wanting to bring some healing in the areas where there should have been discipleship or where there was discipleship, but it wasn't very helpful. Um, I, I might just float around at the back a little bit if anyone needs any prayer for that or if you have someone that you trust that you want to turn to for prayer, please do. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll end it there and I just want to pray to finish us. Yeah, God, thank you so much that um, you are a God who cares for us so deeply. God, I thank you that you see, um, you see our hearts and you see the pain that we carry and you also see the sin that is in our lives. But God, I thank you that you provided a way out for us through Jesus. And I thank you so much that you give us each other to grow closer to you. Thank you that we are part of this body, that we do not have to do this journey alone. Um, And God, I pray right now that you'd come and just start speaking to every single heart in this room about actually what discipleship is for them and actually what you want to do in their life through discipleship. And Father God, I pray that you would come and bring healing where there has been hurt and where there has been pain caused by by other people, particularly within the church, Lord Jesus. I pray you'd come and bring comfort. Lord God, would you wrap your arms around them and would you speak to them, speak into their situations. And God, I pray that you would help us to lift our eyes to you now and help us to give this all to you. In Jesus' name.